Good morning. Hold on, let's see if my mic's on. Good morning. All right. Thank you for your patience. We are only 10 minutes after, so thank you. But I have to ask, don't subtract that off the tail end of the service. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I think we, we will have two screens working, this one and that one. If you're looking at that one and you see nothing, you're okay. It's not working look over here. So again, I appreciate your patience this morning. Of course, it's like the computer knows Julie's not here, so it's acting up. But I want to welcome you to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. It is a joy to be gathered this morning and to know that regardless of what our computers do, God is here. We will continue to worship in whatever means we can. So I do have a few announcements and reminders as we get started. As I do each week, I just want to remind you to check our church webpage and Facebook page for announcements and updates as those become available. Mark Light is not here, but he is joining us online. So if you are joining us online, also thank you for your patience. And please know that Mark will be responding, answering any questions you may have. If you're visiting with us today, especially with our graduates, I want to extend a special welcome and thank you for being with us. As I have announced the last few weeks, our food pantry is continuing to experience a high demand um, in the community here recently, and they are in need of certain items. I mean, of course, anything you could offer is appreciated, non-perishable goods, but they are specifically asking for rice products and dish soap this month. So while you're out to the grocery store, if you're able to pick those up and bring those in with you, we do have shopping carts downstairs in the fellowship hall. You can leave those items in the cart and we'll make sure they get delivered to the food pantry. And that helps right here in our own community. Also, today was the last Sunday before summer break for our Sunday school classes. So our adult class and our tween class will not meet next week or for the remainder of the summer months. But of course, they'll start back up in the fall. So if you have any questions, our Sunday school teachers are sitting right beside each other. Terry and Kathy, I thank you for your service throughout this school year with, with our adult class and our tween class. We won't talk about which one's better behaved, but thank you both so much for your commitment and your service to um, uh, expanding the discipleship of our congregation. We're very grateful to you. Also, our choirs last Sunday is next Sunday. I will be on vacation, so I wanna take a moment to thank them now, our bell choir and our vocal choir, for your service over the past nine months, for gifting and gracing us with your gifts. And of course, you deserve this break, and we look forward to having you back again in the fall. Let's give them a round of applause. <clears throat> And if any of you would be willing to offer special music during the summer months, we still have a lot of available dates, so please see me after the service. If you play an instrument or sing, if you would like to offer your gifts to the congregation during the summer, we would greatly appreciate that. As I mentioned, I will be taking next Sunday off, um, so Mr. Lusk will be preaching, because, you know, he just has nothing else to do this week, I've heard, yeah. <laughs> So Dave, I thank you for allowing me and my family to have this time away, especially in such a busy season for you. But we, I'm sure everybody looks forward to hearing the message that you'll bring next week. It might, might uh, coincide a little bit with some other speeches you're giving, so we'll see. <laughs> 
All right, and then today we also have a great opportunity to recognize the graduates in our congregation. So at this time, I would like to call forward Pastor Ruth and Miss Anna and all of our graduates as we take a few moments to recognize them, but also to offer a blessing over them as they begin this new chapter. Gaddis, that's you. <laughs> if you guys want to stand right here in the middle. Did you forget you were graduating? You can't forget that. <laughs> so Connor and Melina and Gaddis, and we also have some others who are not able to be here with us today. Um, Bob and Karen Ward's grandson, Camden, is graduating, and also Caitlin Bowden, who's graduating from Ada as well. But we want to congratulate you all on many, many years of hard work and the uh, awesome achievements that you've achieved up to this point. Melina is graduating, or has, you've been off for a semester, I think, right, from Ohio Northern University, and she will be moving to Pennsylvania during the summer here at some point, right, to continue her education and earn her medical degree. So pediatrics, right? All right, going into medicine, study pediatrics. So wonderful. We congratulate you on your accomplishments. And Geddes is, or I'm sorry, Connor is graduating from Ada and will be going to Bowling Green in the fall to study media production. So yes, that's wonderful. We're excited to hear about all your achievements as well. And Geddes will be going to Ohio Northern and studying engineering. What type of engineering? mechanical engineering. Some people are probably gonna sway you as you try to leave today, hold firm. But we do have their, have their photos been shown. As we, as we move through the liturgy, if you wanna show, these are really adorable pictures of them. So I'll invite you to take a look up here for just a moment. Look at those baby photos. <laughs> Caitlin will be attending ONU and majoring in pharmacy. Bob was taking credit for Camden's good looks up here, so. <laughs> All right. So now we would like to take a moment to offer a blessing over you, and I'll invite you to check out our one screen, and our graduates can look to the back and follow along in this morning's liturgy. Graduates, before you were even formed, God knew you. At your birth, God's breath filled you with life. So today we celebrate what you have become at this moment in your lives. And I invite you to receive your recognition for all of your accomplishments this morning. You have grown up among us through the years, worshiped with us, and joined us as young members of this church. Your presence is a gift and a reminder of our commitments to you. We have seen you grow and develop into young people with extraordinary skills and abilities that we have proudly watched you acquire. Together, we share our heartfelt congratulations for your accomplishments. Now we will extend our hands and offer a prayer and blessing over our graduates. God of truth and knowledge, 
By your wisdom, we are taught the way and the truth. We ask that you will bless these graduates as they now finish their course of study. We thank you for those who taught and worked beside them, all who supported them along the way. We pray that you will walk with them as they move forward in life. Father, take away their anxiety, any confusion of purpose they may have. May you strengthen their many talents and skills and instill in them a confidence in the future that you have planned, where their energies may be gathered up and used for the good of all people, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's offer them a round of applause and congratulate them. Thank you all for sharing with us this morning. Now I invite us as we move into this time of worship, may we know that God's spirit is present here in this place working in us and among us. May we open our hearts today to hear God's voice speaking. Will you join me in an attitude of worship? Thank you, Bell Choir. That was beautiful.
Way too much hand-eye coordination. I could never do the bell. I always like to quote one of my all-time favorite heroes, Mr. Rogers, because this is truly a beautiful morning in our neighborhood right here at church. So please stand as you are able for the call to worship. Is it up there? Yeah. Okay. Shout to God with joys, with songs of great joy. God has made us whole. God has called us to the ministry of hope and love. Come, let us celebrate the love of God. Let's praise God's name and serve God's joyfully. Amen. So please remain standing to sing hymn 308 in the hymnal or up on the screen, I hope. <laughs>
Please be seated. Our first scripture reading is chapter Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 53. It is on page 808 in your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow along there, or it'll be up on the screen. Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law from Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and a change of heart and life for the forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name to all nations, beginning with Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Look, I'm sending to you what my father promised but you are to stay in the city until you have been furnished with heavenly power. He led them out as far as Bethany, where he lifted his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem, overwhelmed with joy, and they were continuously in the temple, praising God. The word of the Lord for the people of God. I'd like to invite our children forward as Miss Wendy shares our children's message this morning. Good? Good. So, um, school's wrapping up, isn't it? Are you guys excited? Yeah? It sure is. Well, I have a question for you, and I, I'm going to need some help. Do you guys remember what's happening with these guys? Do they have to go to high school anymore? No, because they're what? Graduating. So, you, can you guys stand up for just a second? Or who's excited to be graduating? Are you guys excited to get to that point? 
Yeah? Okay, guys, I'm, if you guys, thanks for your help. I appreciate it. I want to talk to you today about the story we just heard, okay? But first, I got to ask you, have you ever heard the word witness? Have you heard it? Where have you heard it before? In social studies, okay. That's right. That's what I was just going to say. It's what people use. You hear witness a lot when it comes to like police investigations, right? And what do witnesses do? They're, that's right. They're people who saw the event happen. In my work, I'm not a police officer, but I do uh, interview witnesses a lot, and I have to ask them questions. So I'm going to see how good of witnesses you guys were today, okay? We're going to start with some easy ones. The two people that were sitting here, were they boys or girls? Boy. Oh, we're doing good so far, you guys. Okay, what color of hair did they have? Brown? Okay. Um, were they wearing long pants or shorts? One of them was wearing long pants, one was wearing shorts. Okay. Uh, what color shirts did they have? Red? Red and maroon. Okay, good job. How about glasses? Were either of them wearing glasses? No? All right, well, guys, come out. If you guys turn around, let's see how good of a job you were. You guys did an excellent job being witnesses. Good job. Thank you guys for helping me out. I appreciate it. Now, in our Bible story today, Jesus tells his disciples, I need you to be witnesses, right? And so let me ask you this. What did the disciples see that they could witness about? God? What, what, what had just happened? Do you remember? Like, we, ha we just had Easter. So, like, what was the important thing that happened? He rose from the dead, right? And can you think of any other special things? He what? Yeah, that's right. He died on the cross, right? And he, that's right. Well, that was the other word. I was going to ask you, have you ever heard the word ascension? He ascended to heaven. What do you think that means, ascended? He rose up to heaven, right. And he told the disciples, he said, I have to leave you and you can't come with me because you have important work to do. Just like you guys did the work of being witnesses, he said to the disciples, I need you to witness so we can spread the news, okay? So can you guys say a prayer with me today? Everybody fold your hands. Dear God, let me be a good witness for Jesus. Help me spread the good news to everyone. Amen. Thank you. Our second scripture reading is from Acts 1, verses 6 through 11. It's on page 830 in the Pew Bibles. 
As a result, those who had gathered together asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Jesus replied, it isn't for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has set by his own authority. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. After Jesus said these things, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going away, and as they were staring towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood next to them. They said, Galileans, why are you standing there looking towards heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Today is known in the life of the church as Ascension Sunday, as Miss Wendy mentioned for us. Now, I've got to confess, this is a Sunday that doesn't usually get much attention. It's tucked right in between Easter and Pentecost. But the truth is, we would not have Pentecost without Ascension Sunday. This is the day we recall how Jesus was lifted to heaven to be with the Father. The day that Jesus handed off the, the baton of his earthly work in order to return to his heavenly kingdom. Now, as I was reading and preparing this week, I was reminded of another ascension story of sorts, one that happened in 1982. Does anyone remember Lawn Chair Larry? On July 2nd, 1982, Lawn Chair Larry, Larry Walters, attached 45 helium-filled weather balloons to his lawn chair. And he rose 16,000 feet until he made his way into controlled airspace near Long Beach Airport. As he was landing his aircraft, it became tangled in power lines, but thankfully he was able to safely climb back down to the earth. Well, as I was reading about Larry, I learned that he was actually not the first to attempt a heavenly ascension. In 1937, a gentleman by the name of Al Mingalone lifted off with 32 weather balloons attached to a parachute harness. But unlike Larry, Al did not think about how he would return back to Earth. And this is my favorite part of the story. The local preacher, Reverend James Mullen, saved the day. He chased Al down for 13 miles, took aim with his 22 rifle, and shot down the weather balloon so that Al could safely return to the Earth. But it seems there has only truly been one successful ascension. And on that day, the disciples, they found themselves standing and looking up toward heaven and wondering, now what? Our passage in Acts says, as the disciples stood, mouths hanging open. It doesn't say that. I might have added it. But as they stood there looking up to the clouds... Suddenly, there were two men in white robes who asked them this question, why do you stand 
looking up. Now, I can't help but think, of course they're looking up. Why shouldn't they be? Why shouldn't we be looking up? That's where Jesus went, right? And you know, just a funny coincidence here, we still have a helium-filled balloon from Holy Humor Sunday. Why shouldn't they be looking up? And truth be told, for a lot of Christians, we tend to think our call and our duty is to stand and look up to continue looking up for Christ until it's our turn to be lifted up. And we tend to say, forget about this place down here. Things aren't really all that great. So I will stand right here, forgetting about everything around me, and look up. Friends, for the past six weeks now, we have been following in the footsteps of the risen Christ. When he appeared to Mary, she ran from the tomb sharing the good news, and we were there. When he appeared to Thomas in the upper room, and he said, touch, feel the holes in my hands, we were there. When the two men were traveling the road to Emmaus, and they finally realized who it was that had been walking beside them, we were there. And when Peter jumped out of the boat, swimming to shore in order to find redemption from his Lord, we were there. For 40 days, Jesus walked among them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. He was preparing them for what would come next. And just before that time came, growing impatient, the disciples, they asked him, they said, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? But Jesus answered them. He said, it isn't for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has set. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Did you hear that? Jesus promised the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them to be witnesses to the end of the earth. Not to the ends of the earth, a measure of distance, but to the end of the earth, a measure of time. That means his promise was just as true then as it is now. His promise will continue to be true tomorrow and the next day, and the next day, and the next, you get it, right? His promise was and is for us, too. So let me ask again, why are we looking up? Now, I'm a visual learner, so as I begin preparing sermons, I like to look up artistic depictions of the scriptures we'll be studying. And the pictures of this week's scripture, they really caught my attention. I want you to take a look at these two illustrations, one painted in 1456 and the other in 1511. Do you see it? 
There is a minor detail so often overlooked in these depictions, but so important to the story. If you look below the ascending Jesus, what do you notice? His footprints. While we are all so busy looking up, wondering what we're supposed to do next, they're right there. His footprints are right there telling us what to do next. So maybe, maybe the real miracle isn't the ascension itself. Maybe the real miracle is what happened after. As Reverend Barbara Lundblad explains, the disciples, first with their eyes fixed upward, then they begin to look side to side, realizing that maybe Jesus went and they stayed for a reason. And turning their gaze back to earth, again looking to one another, they begin to realize and they begin to form community. A community based on what Jesus taught. In his book, Dietrich Bonhoeffer described what it means to be a community of faith. He wrote, a truth, a doctrine, or a religion, they need no space for themselves. They are disembodied entities. But the incarnate Christ, the incarnate Christ needs not only ears and hearts, but needs lively people who will follow him. So it seems that Ascension Day is not a call to look up but a reminder that God's promise is right here, happening in us and around us. And then suddenly, standing there on that hillside, it's like a light bulb moment for the disciples. Maybe for us as well. Because through baptism, we know that the very same spirit that dwelled in Christ now dwells in us. That's what Jesus was trying to explain to them all along. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses. But what does that mean? What does it mean to say we will be his witnesses? Does anybody remember the old chant that the tent revival preachers would use? <clears throat> I'm going to try my best here. Can I get a witness? What they were asking was, can someone affirm that what I'm saying is true? They were asking, are you with me? Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? None. But in Acts, it was the men clothed in white, they were asking the very same question. In Luke, it's Jesus raising his hands in the air, nail holes for everyone to see, asking his followers the same question, can I get a witness? And then he's gone. Can you imagine yourself standing there in that moment? Eyes lifted up, looking at the soles of his feet and wondering, now what? 
I imagine the next scene in this painting is the disciples jumping up in the air, trying to grab him by the ankles and pull him back down, saying, hold on, I've got a few more questions. But Luke says they didn't do that. Luke says, in fact, they worshipped him. They returned to Jerusalem with joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. As I read this passage, I was, trans I was struck by the transformation that took place in the disciples between the morning of the resurrection and now at the ascension. It's as though they had become completely different people. Because if you think about it, think about what happened that Easter morning. Mary came running back from the tomb, exclaiming Jesus had risen from the dead. And they just shook their heads in disbelief. They went and saw, but they weren't quite sure. They returned to the upper room until eventually Peter packed up a stuff and he said, well, I'm going fishing. They had heard the good news, and yet they went right back to what they were doing before they even met him. But now this time around, as Jesus is preparing to leave them once again, it says this time they rejoiced, they worshipped. What changed? What happened this time? Well, the answer is the Holy Spirit happened. The same spirit that dwelled in Jesus was now dwelling in them, and they became witnesses to the resurrection of Christ and to the power of the Holy Spirit. This time, they knew without a shadow of doubt that they had seen God. I want to clarify one thing. When Luke says they worshipped Jesus following the ascension, Luke does not use the word worship lightly. In fact, this is the only time in Luke's entire gospel when the disciples are said to be worshiping Jesus. You remember, these are good Jewish men. They knew that first commandment, forwards, backwards, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me. They knew their God deserved worship. So when Luke says they worshiped Jesus, what he's really saying is they finally understood. They finally understood that Jesus and God were one and the same. And not only did they become aware that Jesus was and is God in that moment, but they realized that God was redeeming all of creation through Jesus and that they had a part to play. They had a role in the redemptive work that began in Jesus Christ. And Jesus told them, you are going to be my witnesses. You are going to show the world what you know to be true about me. But I can't help but ask, what about us? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to take up the task of witnessing to the work of Jesus Christ here and now? 
Well, I want you to notice Jesus did not say, go and do my witnessing. He said, you will be my witnesses. Friends, God is not asking us to do more, to add more to our list. God is asking us to make a whole new list, a to-be list. It's not about being busier. It's about becoming more like Christ himself. God is calling us to be more present, to be more aware, to ask how we can seek to be more attentive to God's presence among us and to be open to the calling that God has placed on us. Because you see, Jesus' ascension was not an ending. It was the mark of a new chapter. It was the passing of a baton to the next generation. He was giving the Holy Spirit so that we might take up the redemptive work that he began. That is the message of Ascension Sunday. It is our turn This is now our work. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are now Christ's witnesses. So I'll ask again, why are you looking up? Don't you see his footprints are all over the place right here? We have been filled with the same spirit that filled Christ so that we might follow in those footprints here and now. We have been filled with the same spirit of Christ so that we might serve as witnesses to his resurrection, to his love and his mercy in this world, here and now. Amen.
Thank you, choir, and thank you, Connie. Now, friends, as we come before God in this moment, may we know that God has poured out many gifts and graces upon us. God has handed the redemptive work that began in Christ now to us. And we remember the call to be in service to our community, to be in service around the world, caring for God's children. So as we offer our tithes, our offerings, the gifts that you bring before God, we pray that they will be used for the building of God's kingdom and in service of Christ. Will you please stand and join together in singing the words of our doxology, Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. this time of prayer. May we come lifting our hearts, knowing that God's spirit is at work in this place. May we know that God hears our prayers. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Almighty and merciful God, we come today reminded of your greatness and glory your sovereign power and eternal purpose, all given to us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Risen and ascended, we thank you, O oh God, for the wonder and the mystery of that moment. The mystery of that moment which left the disciples gave, gazing heavenwards and yet departing in joy. We thank you, Father, for the way that it brought the earthly ministry of Jesus to a fitting conclusion, signifying his oneness with you and demonstrating your approval on all that he had done. And we thank you that through the ascension of Christ, we have now been set free, that you have been set free that all of us are no longer bound by a particular place or time through the work that we take up in Jesus Christ. We thank you, O oh God, for the ways that you have prepared us for this moment, through your spirit and your church. But we also come, gracious God, knowing that in many ways we have fallen short of your call. So we ask your forgiveness. Forgive us when we fail to grasp the wonder of who you are. Forgive the smallness of our vision, our outlook, 
Forgive the weakness of our love, the nervousness of our witness, our failure to recognize the fullness of your revelation in Jesus Christ. Forgive us, O oh God, and give us a deeper sense of wonder, a stronger faith, an understanding of all that you have done. And now in this moment, we come before you with the confidence of your children. We come to lift our prayers, knowing that you hear us. Gracious God, we lift up Nancy Wood Allison as she prepares for a heart cath tomorrow. May she experience the presence of your spirit filling her heart and mind, giving her peace and strength. And we pray for Nancy's healing and recovery in the days ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. <clears throat> we lift up J. Judy as he recovers from a recent surgery to repair his thumb. Father, we pray that your healing hand will be upon him, bringing comfort and restoration. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Larry and Joyce Bush's son and son-in-law, both of whom are facing health issues. We pray that you will make your presence known to them Give them strength and assurance for the days to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We continue to lift up Cameron Wilkerson, who will soon be completing a Marine Corps boot camp. Lord, as he continues and finishes his training, we pray for strength and perseverance. May he know that he's being lifted in prayer at this very moment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Today, especially, oh God, we lift up the graduates, those for whom one chapter is closing, but a brand new chapter is just beginning. Lord, may you give them confidence, assurance of your presence, and a great sense of purpose. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We continue to lift up Clint and Jude Mathewson, Shirley Chambers and Tom Cassell, Tom Evans, Nancy Fleming, Linda Epley, and Gary Clausen. We lift up to you, O oh God, all those whom we carry in our hearts. We pray that your spirit will be at work, bringing faith and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And we pray now, O oh God, for your help. Help to bring our gaze to earth. Give us courage to go out into the world to proclaim the good news and to live as witnesses to your mighty power. In doing your will, may we seek to build your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. All these things we pray today in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as children of God, filled by the power of the Holy Spirit, I invite you to rise as you are able as we sing together our closing hymn, number 2241, The Spirit Sends Us Forth to Serve. brothers and sisters, let us not stand here gazing to heaven. Instead, let us take up the mission which Jesus left to us, to be his witnesses, telling everyone we meet how he has changed us. Now may the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you now and always. Amen.